everyone. Welcome to the Higher Points Podcast. I'm Nick Sauer sitting here in the studio with my buddy Nate Hyatt. We're coming at you with a To The Point. This is your first time joining us. A To The Point is just like a opportunity for us to talk for 30, 45 minutes about what's been going on in our week, lessons learned, or just things that have been kind of bouncing around our mind. Maybe sometimes we might talk about a current event here or two. But uh, it's just a shorter podcast between our full-length episodes. We do have... Um, and a, a couple of full or a full episode recorded that we're going to be releasing on September 11th. That was a, a September 11th special that we did with Ted Carter and Janine Long. So, uh, you know, between those full length episodes, uh, we kind of do these to the point episodes and just come at you with something a little bit shorter that you can get get through a little bit quicker in your day and not have to devote as much time to. So uh, I'd also like to take a second and say call Guinness because uh, Nate should... <laughs> Nate showed up with uh, notes today and was ready for a podcast, and I, I think I'm going to buy a lottery ticket on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> so take it away, Nate. Well, just don't, don't worry. I mean, these notes were not written for the podcast. They were written for other things. It's just killing, <laughs> two, try, bird, I'm trying to give killing you, two birds with one stone here, man. <laughs> I'm trying to give you props here, <laughs> and you're diving yourself out. <laughs> no, I actually talked to you while I was taking er, Maybe right after and told you I took notes on this stuff. He's like, hey, good. You can use those notes on the podcast. So I was like, that's a good idea. Um, but I sat through a little seminar probably about two weeks ago now. Um, for it's called the Mile High Summit and it's, uh, Tom Reaver puts it on. He's a contractor. He's got a podcast called the contractor fight that I've been listening to and he's, um, really big in the contractor world and it's like, tough to apply what we're doing as builders to his stuff. He is more like tailored to people who are subs who are doing one specific thing. Like they're doing tile, they're doing just framing, they're doing just siding, that kind of stuff. Um, but one thing he talked about is like growing your business and it was like titled how to take your business or if you're over, the million mark in sales, here's what you need to do to like take your business to the next step. And so I just started taking notes. I was like, okay, well, we need to get to that million dollar in sales point first. But um like one of the first things he talks about, he he lists out four levels of tasks. And these are incompetent tasks, competent, excellent, and then he calls them like the the sweet spot tasks. And these are like an incompetent task is like a $25 decision. So that's me. Like, um, one of those decisions for me would be, let's say like, I'm going to make a decision to sweep this floor. It's going to take me an hour. You know, that's 25 bucks ish, something like that. It's like, you shouldn't be performing those tasks as the owner of the business. You know, it's like to a certain extent, you know, I agree with that somewhat because then again, like from a leadership standpoint, if I'm not willing to get my hands dirty, to a certain extent, the guys aren't going to follow me as a leader, you know? Um, but then it talks about competent tasks, which are those hundred dollar decisions. Like maybe that's like, Oh, do I need to buy this tool or this tool? Like, do I need to make those decisions or let someone else make those decisions? And more, more times than not, that decision needs to be made by someone else other than the business owners. Um, excellent tasks would be thousand dollar decisions, which, um, around thousand dollar decisions, which is like taking on these small jobs, this and that. And, um, I find myself making 
these decisions, $100,000 decisions, probably more than I should. Um, I need to learn how to delegate and push things down the line and um, give that trust to those other guys, you know. And then it talks about your sweet spot decisions, which are $10,000 plus decisions. And that's like, um, which this is a lot of what Brandon's job is in the sales. And he is like making those decisions on like, okay, we're going to talk to this person about building this house and this house and this project, you know. So we are making those decisions. Um, but it also, I mean, that's what makes it difficult for me. Um, is like we have two owners and so it's like we can't copy and paste these guys like program directly into what we have. We got to listen and then figure out, okay, like here's how we can implement this into our system to make it work for us. Um, which me and Brandon are very good at communicating that and like figuring that stuff out. Um, more stuff, um, like your sweet spot decisions are things that, um, like you lose track of time while you're doing these things. Um, so like what's something that like when you're working, Nick, what's one thing like either like with your Legion stuff or being a cop, like things that you do that you just lose track of time doing? Oh, um, well, be, being a, a cop, being a cop, it would be, um, like when I get into a case and I start actually doing the investigation and I'm just like, I'm just like checking the boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but lately with lead gen and business, it's been, um, the one time I can think I truly lost track of time was I was helping a guy with a contract negotiation and I was basically generating and running the numbers to show what profitability he brought to a business. Um, and when all that was done, like I'd burned over like an hour on it and I was just like, whoa, like, yeah. okay. Cause it was just fun. Like I really enjoyed it. So. Yeah. One thing that I always catch myself doing is like having conversations with people. It's like, boom, an hour's yeah. gone, <laughs> you know? Well, you, you are Bob Hyatt's son when it comes yeah. to that. <laughs> I know. I always made fun of him for it, but yeah, here we are. But, but the thing is like, and, and also Bob, that's not a bad thing. I'm not trying to say that because, because that is a very, very useful and very good skill. Um, and it, it is especially in your line of work when you get to that level where you're, you know, making the $10,000 decisions, you're going to have to have those relationships. The relationships mm-hmm. are going to be the key. And that's what I learned with this guy in this last contract negotiation was all the relationships that he had with businesses in the Hutch area because he, you know, was able to talk to people and just kind of, you know, and, and of course he's competent in his job as well. Yeah. But, um, those relationships were the key. Those relationships were the key point of what he was bringing to the table. Yep. That's a hundred percent of it. <laughs> um, another thing on this, like the sweet spot decisions is like, you're making these decisions, but you're also training the other people to make the decisions below you. And so you're working, he says, work towards boredom in this industry. What do you mean? Explain that. So like work towards being bored. So it's like, I'm working my, you're training the person below you to do your job. Okay. Basically. Right. So they can move up and then you can move up to the next thing. So like, okay, I'm getting bored. I guess it's time that like, I need to move on to something bigger and better now. Okay. Kind of thing. Okay. Gotcha. That makes a little more sense. I, I, when I first heard that, my brain went to, so like now I'm sitting on the beach sipping my ties, wondering what I'm going to do with my life, like that kind of thing. But no, I get what you're saying. A, that constant of, yeah. Like, and it also, I mean, 
he talks about like certain things like sales, like most companies, the owner makes, well, they, they asked in this group, they were like, okay, so what do you think as the business owner, how, what percentage of sales needs to come through you? And what would you say, Nick? What percentage of sales needs to come through me? Through the owner. Like it, that is like in my business now or what I would think if I had like a, if you're at a million in sales, a million in sales, mm-hmm. what percentage of that needs to come through you? <sighs> Honestly, I'd say maybe 10%, maybe. Yeah. Well, so I guess rewind if you, if you're as a contractor, a million in sales, which yeah. I mean, sounds like a bunch, which is not, but that's like five houses. Yeah. I was going to say it's not four or five houses in a year. Um, so. That's pretty – two guys can handle organizing that pretty easily, you know. Um, and and so I think it's it's important to expound on why because that would be easy for someone like me to say, well, all the sales need to come through me. I need yeah. to make sure the company's making money, right? I think that would be an easy segue for someone that is inexperienced. And, I, and please understand, I don't sit here as some management mogul. I'm yeah. not saying that. But I'm willing to sit back and think, okay, like when you, you, you just like, you just like blew my freaking mind. Like that's why I was sitting over here, like legitimately just staring into the mic because I was like, damn, I'd never thought about that. Cause like, let's say you, Nate, you get to a point where you are making a million in sales. At that point, if you think about it, you're probably worth anywhere from 50 to a hundred bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Like it, your time is. So if you choose to come in and shop the or sweep the shop floor, you just cost your business a hundred bucks to sweep, mm-hmm. which, like you said, it's a dichotomy. You know, you, you still need to be able to do those things. I get it, but like when you take the emotion out of things and you start running just the numbers and looking at it, it's kind of like whoa, like I never thought of it. So then, wouldn't you ask that question? And you were talking about you bringing people up. Like you have, if you're making a million in sales, you likely have a sales team of mm-hmm. some kind, or at least a salesperson. Yeah, and. You need to allow that salesperson to do their job. Yeah. Give them the they tools. They said roughly 80% needs to come from your sales team yeah. and not from you. Yeah. So I was, I was close. Yeah. Um, but you know, you need to let them do their job and equip them, empower them, train them and, but let them do their job. Yeah. And if they're, if they're screwing up royally or they ask for help, give it. But other than that, within reason, kind of hands off and let them do their thing. You yep. might be amazed at what they could bring to your company. And like you can, his example was like, so what happens like if you have a family emergency and you're gone for a month? You know, yeah. then what? What yep. happens to the company? Yep. You know, yep. or like, or more importantly, what happens if you're hit by a bus? Yeah. And, and you, more than you're just gone, you, you're, you're gone, gone. Yeah. Then what? Yep. Is the company and, and, and everyone under you that d- relies on the income they get from you, is it going to fail or yeah. is it going to keep going? Speaking of that pro tip. Um, you guys need to probably discuss making some sort of a contingency plan. If one of you does, you know, like say, you know, you do get hurt on the job site and you're off and like you're in the hospital of like down to like passwords for Instagram that someone else could pick up and keep carrying the mantle of the company and just throwing that out there. Yeah. So that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, the reason I say it is and we uh, had that, we had that next gen, like me and Derek, I mean, kind of, we had Life insurance policies. The company paid for life insurance policies on us. So that, like, that was basically our re- quote unquote replacement. Like, when we got that money to help 
with that situation. It's dark and gloomy, but it's a good thing to prep for, honestly. Well, and, and Derek Plouts is the one that instituted that, the Derek and Taggart, when we were at Sterling. And since we've been through these two chief transitions, um, we have used that more than any other document, period, because we were able to get into these different things that we didn't know the password to. And also, wh- when do we do this? When do we file that? You know, and all of that was in there. So anyway, yeah. I, I, I derailed you. So you talked about 20% on or uh, 20% of the revenue comes through you. Mm-hmm. And then we have a next point there or. Uh, well, Sorry. I mean, another thing, I mean, he talks about after those, he's like, okay, so you need to look at your decisions, what decisions you're making. You need to audit your time. You know, you need to look at, which I've done a lot of self-reflecting recently. And like one thing I came up with, um, like things that I am good at is leading and like, um, training guys to do my job. That's one thing that I've believed in since day one since I started doing this stuff is like, I want to train these guys to do my job, create quote unquote boredom so that I can move on to do the next thing so we can keep growing, you know? Um, and so that's, I've had a lot of discussions with Brandon recently about like, how do you keep that growth like with both of us, you know, um, and auditing our time. And that's why we decided we're going to, um, probably hire an office manager to help organize everything. And that's one of the first things he said. Um, talking, They talk about buying back your time, and there's five steps in it. And hire an assistant is number one <laughs> to, like, check your emails and your calendar, like, organize that. Those are all, like, emails and calendar, those are $25 decisions is what they say, you know. Um, number two is delegate production, which... Um, would be for us, you know, like sending leads off to the sites and then being able to run the sites efficiently. Um, delegate marketing, um, delegating sales, and then I know somebody you can delegate marketing to. Delegate leadership of day to day. Um, and so with two of us, you know, it's it's kind of nice. Like, um, I would say I'm the leader of the day to day, and he's the sales. You know, and so we've kind of got that built in into our partnership where if you're just doing it yourself, you know, that's someone you've got to hire, which, I mean, it works very well for us. Well, and I think a lot of people see, and even I have seen in the past of like, okay, I'm doing cost savings because I'm doing this myself, right? Mm-hmm. Like for, I mean, you you know, um, I'm working pretty hard at pushing 519 Enterprises right now in the different things. I've been working on a lot of different things. And, and have I saved money in in doing all of these things myself, like, you know, the website, the social medias, um, you know, all of these, like all these sales meetings and all these other kind of things. Sure. Right. But you've got it. I've lost some money if you think about it, because I could have been putting my efforts and energies in other places, which right now I can't afford an assistant. I just can't. It's a tough balancing act of growth. Yeah. yeah. You've got to do some things yourself and you got to be able to delegate. And 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 eventually it flips. You're like, okay, this point I'm worth this X dollar amount per hour and I cannot worry about these decisions. I've got to pay people to do these now, you know? I mean, I'm already there on some, right? Mm -hmm. Like the content generation stuff takes forever. Like in my mind, it's forever. It's like each each one, each one, each one's about an hour. 
Mm-hmm. But I, I pay people to do that. Yeah. Hey, here. And, and, and also I'm going to reach out to some college students here, do my content work or copy work for me. Some, some college student, you, you mean you want me to t- 80 bucks to type six pages? Okay. You know, um, but so I do have some of that and, and I've actually started, I've kind of seen where this has the potential to go and, you know, God's kind of like shut the door on some things that I wanted to do and open doors in other areas that I didn't know. And so I'm kind of trying to just find that and follow that, but I see the potential that it has, you know, and how much income I've added per month just in a short period of time. And if I could just keep that going of just a couple here and there, here and there. And so I actually hit a buddy up and I was like, Hey, I was like, cause I think like me, for instance, I'm the same way as you. I mean, obviously we have the podcast talking is my forte like mm-hmm. talking and, and establishing those relationships is my forte. And can I do the web design? Yes. Can I do the SEO? Yes. Can I do the content generation? Yes. Can I do the, the social media? Yes. Um, but at what point do I decide that I should be delegating that? There's only so much time in the day. Um, and so I even hit up a buddy when I was like, Hey, cause he is exceptional at attention to detail and, um, web design stuff. And he is like, he's a whiz with WordPress and stuff. And I was like, Hey, I might get to the point that, cause he's kind of dissatisfied with his job. Like he makes a boatload of money. I'm talking like stop stock options in this company, profit sharing in this company, you know, full paid insurance, all those things. And I'm like, I can't give you those things. I'm like, but I know you're kind of dissatisfied. And if you'd want to kind of work for yourself and we could even share some of the profits here, he's somebody I've known forever. He's, he, he, he's on the same level of trust that you are mm-hmm. with me. And, um, and, and I would offer the same thing to you, but let's face it, you're not going to stop doing Lux to help me build <laughs> my brand. Right. And so, um, and so I was like, Hey, you know, what do you think? And he was kind of like, you kind of like heard that, like, Ooh, like I might be in on that, you know? And so I, I just hope that it gets to that point. Um, yep. and so if, if we could back up a little bit, you were talking about, um, like the delegate working, working towards boredom. That's what you first started. And I asked you to expound on that. And I want to talk again. You've heard me talk about it in other podcasts. Um, a lot of people, especially if, if, if you, if you heard Nate say work towards boredom and train someone to take your job, if your immediate brain reaction was, well, I'm not going to do that because then they'll take my job. Okay. You are what they call a manager. Okay. And if your brain, your brain reaction was hell yeah, like that's exactly what I feel and what I think. You are a leader. There are differences between leaders and managers. Now you could consider like like boss, boss and manager the same. A lot of people, boss has a bad connotation nowadays because they're not a leader. And and now, are there times that you need to be a manager and a boss? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there times that you need to be a leader and maybe more? thinking and fluid yes like it's a dichotomy but when it comes to that specific mindset is like okay so let's say for instance you train you know joe bob to do everything you're in your job nate and you invest in joe bob employees come and go you can't force that unless they have some sort of a contract with you right you can't Mm -hmm. force that person to stay with you right and because kansas is an at-will state of employment on both ends you know, both the person can choose to leave and you could choose to have them leave. So 
But here's the thing is, The Go-Giver is a phenomenal book. You've heard me talk about it multiple times, and it's basically just all about just investing in people and relationships. And are you going to get walked on from time to time? Sure. But then you know those people, and you don't invest in that relationship. Yep. And those people will continue to walk on other people, and they will eventually walk themselves out of a job in that industry. Now, they may move to a different industry and continue walking on people, but they will never be like million-dollar revenue successful in that in that line of work. I shouldn't say never. Um, it will be harder for them to maintain that. How about that? And so if if let's say you invest in Joe Bob and Joe Bob leaves and you're like, crap, you know, like I just spent all that time. Well, Joe Bob leaves and he gets into another industry, whether it's construction or something else, because you're always looking for something like whether it's an office manager, somebody to do your taxes, which I know you have, you have someone else to do that. But I'm just giving examples here. Because let's face it, in, in a construction business, it's not just all about construction, right? Like mm-hmm. you need somebody that understands scheduling, that understands marketing, that understands um, project management, somebody that understands taxes. I honestly feel like um, the hardest part of my job right now is the scheduling. Yeah. Because things are constantly changing. I, I you, you know, yeah, I de- think you definitely need to delegate that out right now. But so, so you, you're inst- you're establishing these relationships with these people. So when Joe, when he leaves, he might have gone to a I don't know, like a like a, a marketing company, but you you now have a relationship with him where you can you know potentially help use him, and you might even be able to get like a deal or something like that on his services. So like mm-hmm. you constantly, but the thing is, you don't invest in these relationships solely because you want to get something from that person. That person will know it, they'll feel it, they know that your the relationship with you is fake, especially when you come to them and you're keeping track. Remember when I did that one thing for you, and you want to cash in on it? Yeah. Um, and so, so it's, it's, it's one of those things of like, once you establish those relationships and I've seen it myself, um, I have trained a lot of people. I have been to a lot of trainings. I have invested in a lot of people. I have come and done DREs for a lot of people. And I'm now finally starting at, at, this is probably year 10 of me doing those investments. And I'm finally starting to see the dividends of that. Because I am now able to, in law enforcement, find if there's a problem that's presented to me, I guarantee I have someone in that phone that I can call to help me solve it. Mm-hmm. And most of the time I'm solving it, you know, and granted it's government, um, but free of charge. And or they're like, yep, no problem. I'll, I'll send that over to you or whatever. So Nate's hitting the nail on the head there as far as work towards boredom, invest in people, move them up. And even if they don't stay with your company, not, like... That that is no different than the electricity bill. That's just the cost of doing business. Yep. That's all there is to it. And hopefully It'd be great to have like all five, six guys that are working with us to be working with us thirty years from now. Yeah. But that's just not how it works. People's lives evolve and change and adapt and Or you could be like Max Stromberg and you give your you take care of your people and you give them bonuses at like Fourth of July, and you know, all, I mean, the, all those things that his company culture. He was you've heard me say on the podcast before, but if you haven't on listen to this, he was saying that he has an aging workforce that he's he's at the point now where he needs new blood because mm-hmm. people have stuck around for too long. That he's like, crap, what am I going to do? And so that knowledge is starting to age out to where these people are going to lo- leave, and you have all that institutional knowledge it's that you walk can't out the door. you can't pay for that's going to walk out the door. And now you have all these new people coming in that are. You better hope you have a good system in place to train people. Uh, yeah. 
So um, anyway, that was that was just my segue. I wanted to talk about The Go-Giver. Okay, The Go-Giver is a really small book. It'll take you a day to read. If you haven't read it and you are in leadership or you are wanting to be in leadership or you're wanting to maybe understand what leadership is or what what or your or your or understand your leader um if they're truly a leader which i know a lot of people are going to roll their eyes and say that i don't have a leader fair but the go giver is a like if if i were in a management position the go giver if you were going to promote would be one of the first books that i would have mm-hmm. you read one of a couple that you would have to read as a part of the promotion process yep extreme so, ownership would be one for me yep extreme ownership I mean, honestly, there's so many. Yeah. Um, extreme ownership. Honestly, I, I think extreme ownership and dichotomy of leadership should be flipped. Yeah. I think you should under let people understand the dichotomy of leadership first, and then move into extreme ownership. I read them backwards, actually. Um, I read dichotomy first, and then extreme ownership after that. Yeah. And it, and I think that was the better decision because they had to write dichotomy as a sequel because people were taking extreme ownership to like really unhealthy levels. Mm-hmm. As a result, and they were kind of having to walk it back a little bit and understand that it's a teeter-totter. It's a give-take. <laughs> yeah. Everything in life's a balancing act. Um, but yeah, so you got, what else you got there? Anything else you want to share? Um, I talked a little bit, or they talked a little bit about, um, another guy that was on there was, uh, Ben Newman. And some of you may know him. He's a big motivational speaker. Um, like he would talk, he was Nick Saban's, um, motivational or what do they call it? mental conditioning coach for the Crimson Tide for five years. And then won like three national championships. He's basically like your mental toughness coach. Um, he spoke like before Super Bowls. He, he speaks at K-State. I think he's actually from Salina. So he's from Kansas. Um, but he's one of the best speakers in the world. And one thing he talked about was, um, one question he asked is like, how do you show up after you win? You know, are you going to show up? and be puffing your chest out and be like, I did this, I did this. Are you going to show up and get right back to work? I'd have to say that I've had to temper that because I've, I've had a couple of sites that I sold, uh, and but I didn't have um, signed contracts, and then a couple of them backed out on that. So I was like happy and celebrating, and even we have a podcast while I was like celebrating that, and I'm celebrating without a signed contract, and then they back out. And so any more like – to me, when I make a sale right now, that's a win for mm-hmm. me, you know? Um, and I, like, I now it's more of the, okay, you know, like, what's next? What's the next move? What's the next step? And yep. it's not as much of that celebratory. Like, do I, do I still get that high when I close a deal? Yes. Like, it's legitimately what I used to feel in law enforcement when you'd, like, have that call that was like, whoo! You know, like you'd have that adrenaline. Like for when I close a deal and I and I've made a sale to a company, it's a high because number one, I've made a sale, I've increased income to me and my family. But number two, I know that I'm helping someone. Mm-hmm. I know that that company is going to benefit. You know, and the last guys that I sold the site to, legitimately were wide eyed when I just threw all these leads across the table and I was like, hey, that's what I got that I'll just give you right now. Like legitimately give without any money or anything, just so you can try it and see what it's like. And they were yeah. like. Uh, no, we're just going to cut you a check right now. Cause the guy goes, the guy, you could see him, you could see like the math equations floating through the air. And he was just like, he's like, this is a no brainer. Like I'm, I'm paying you for this right yeah, now. Yeah. You, you can tell the people who are legitimate, like that are going to be legitimate business guys yeah. that are buying your lead sites yes. because they can see that 
$500 is just a drop in the bucket compared to what is actually right. What it could bring them if their yes. sales team is up to par. Yes, exactly. Um, so how, what did he talk more about though? How do you show up after you win? Well, I mean, it was just exactly kind of what you talked about. You know, always keeping that mentality of, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? Let's keep God growing. God damn, I'm good. Let's keep growing. And like Andy even like his new podcast, um, that came out today was a good one. And he talks about it in there a little bit like, when he hurt his shoulder in 2021, he was like feeling on top of the world, best shape he's ever been in, closing these deals, like getting shit done. And then he got hurt, hurt his shoulder, like it blew up. <laughs> it was one of the worst surgeries he had. Um, well, he said it humbled him because he was like walking around like, damn, I'm the shit. <laughs> which, which, if anybody could do that, it would be that man. Yep. And he said it humbled him and he's like, Time to get, and it was six or eight months of humbling for him because he saw all these other dudes around him just doing the same thing he was doing at a similar level, but his body was deteriorating because he couldn't lift with one arm and things were just going backwards for him. And wasn't he doing some 75 hard stuff in that time? Like he mm-hmm. was actually like doing 75 hard through that shoulder injury. Yeah. And it's like you, you hear people that talk about, well, I, c- I don't have time for that. I couldn't do that right now. And all, and all that. I'm like, it's kind of like the first decision I made to go to the gym. There's never a good time. Just do it. Yeah. And it helps you like schedule your time better and manage you definitely your time. Do. You have to. If you, you don't, have you to. fail. You have to. And you, you're literally waking up that day going, okay, so like for me. Like, okay, I got to work 3 to 11 today. So I know that I got to get at least one of my workouts at this morning while I'm awake, get that done, get my reading done, you know, blah, 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 you know, and start no laying in bed on Instagram for 30 minutes before you get up. And like, I, which I, I struggle with. Like, that's one thing. Like, first thing, pull up my phone. It's like, speaking of that, I was watching a neuroscientist, super crazy, like off the subject thing. She said the worst thing that you can do is in the first hour after you wake up is get on your cellular device. She said because when you're sleeping, and, and I may have these wrong, um, your brain has different brain waves. When you're sleeping, you're in these like theta waves. I might be, it might be the wrong one. And then after an hour, you go into these delta waves. Mm-hmm. So that first hour, if you're, that's when your brain is most impressionable. And so when you wake up, it actually, it actually affects your dopamine levels for the whole day. And, um, it, you are the most impressionable. So whatever you're seeing there is going to like affect your brain and drive it more. So if you start watching, let's say like one of the first, like say you struggle with pornography and one of the first videos you see is the typical clickbaity, you know, that's going to make it harder for you to kick that habit during mm-hmm. that time until your brainwave switch. Makes sense. So anyway, sorry. So getting back, up and back to what you were doing. So straight to manage a, your time to a workout, you know, the, yeah. within the first hour. That's, I mean, that makes sense why people, that makes you feel so much better. Well, it's like Janine, you know, she talks about how her phone just goes on do not disturb at night and it, she puts it down and I don't know what she does for a morning routine. Um, and Janine, feel free to correct me on those brain waves if I was wrong there. Just commented on, you know, one of the social media platforms because I'm sure I screwed that up, but. I'm not sure what she does in the morning, but like, you know, she is, you're not able to get a hold of her in the evening time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure she probably has people like Ted and stuff that ring through, but, um, you know, I, I think you just protect your brain, 
you know, just protect your brain in any way you can. Yeah. Mine goes on to do not disturb at 11, but most of the time I'm already well asleep. By that <laughs> <laughs> Should probably do it a little earlier. Yeah. Mine does. Mine does too. I, I do. I learned early in my law enforcement career, do not disturb, especially when you work midnights. Um, people don't like they, then plus my schedule is hard to keep track of. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so you, you have to under 75 hard, you have to manage your time. And then, I think honestly, if I'm, if I'm being honest, the thing that right now is kind of scaring me because I'm getting ready to start phase three and my brain's trying to talk me out of it. Um, is there's so much in it and I'm having to do lead gen stuff. I'm having to work. I'm having to take care of my family. I'm having to run for sheriff and do all the social media posts with both. Um, just to, you know, be heard and be relevant, which I've, I've done some things to help there and like, but uh, there's going to be some significant time management there <laughs> because phase three is it no joke. It may be only to the points for that that uh, 30 days. Phase three is no joke. <laughs> phase three is no joke. Or it may just be me for those 30 days. No. <laughs> just, I, I mean, I just cut time out of my sleep. That's the only thing I can do is like, you know, even if I, like there have been times under um 75 hard and phase one and two that. You know, you know, because I was talking and communicating with you. I was finishing a workout sometimes at one o'clock in the morning, but I had to be at work at seven. So I still got to get home, get showered, get all that stuff. And, you know, I'm not into bed till two, two thirty and then back, back, getting back up. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you definitely don't want to make a habit of that, but like in order to condition your brain and help teach you and help make you a better person, like in a short term, you should be okay. Yeah. You know, um, but sleep is paramount. So it is. Yeah. And I notice if I don't get around six plus hours that I'm dragging. That's, that's the sweet spot. Dragging six, six the next day. Big time. So. Anything else? That was a good podcast. It was. I enjoyed the shit out of that. I actually learned something from you. That didn't happen very often. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. I wish you guys could have just seen my face. Probably just went cross-eyed. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, <laughs> Sad. <laughs> Well, signing off for the last time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the uh, the Higher Points. Hope you enjoyed this episode with Nick and I. Um, if you guys have any questions, concerns, reach out to us. Give us advice. We'll try to give you advice. Not saying we know that all the answers to the world, but we may have some different perspectives, and you guys have different perspectives than us. Um, we enjoy uh, doing this for you guys, and... Uh, we uh, encourage you guys to keep liking, sharing, viewing, and just telling people about the podcast. We appreciate it big time. Um, just want to encourage everybody and uh, tell you to all go out there and be great this week. Have a good one. Have a good week. 